0: Yeah, so
1: when, when we have under 10 people the country's just kind of a black you know yeah just kind of like a shadow
0: and then it ramps uh, up into blue and then all the way into red and stuff and so it's been really right, fun. So like so we've got
1: 100, uh, 10, 100 1, 000, 10, 000, et right. so just, a thousand ten thousand etc right it's just keep fun adding
0: zeros as we <laughs> as we pop back into the dashboard then uh, every day is then being like oh my god australia's got pink <laughs> Dirt. scotch Shannigan.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 257 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer.
2: I'm Adam and I'm the internet tuber. I'm Sam and I yell at people. And this is a show
1: where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is May 3rd, 20 blendy. Before we get started, warning! uh, There's going to be, we're going to have profanity.
0: Just swearing up and down, left and right.
1: Now, it's uh, it's always pleasant, you know. We we don't get aggressive with it.
0: They're good, but curses. it's in there. Yeah,
1: it's in there. Uh, we'd also like to thank our supporters over at MoneyGrab. We got a we got a bucket of them.
0: Oh, this week we got a bunch of money in the in the MoneyGrab bucket. We we grabbed a bunch of
1: people's money. Uh, well, so let's let's run down the list. Talk gibberish says congrats. On launching an amazing game that is fun to play, build in, and stream. Thanks. So thank you very much, Talk Gibberish. I'll take your money. Uh Ribdot says Ribdot. Hey hey B scotch bros. Just bought Levelhead on Switch and PC. The ten percent discount was a nice surprise, but your discounts are no good here, sir. <laughs> I want to support the studio. Here's all the money I saved on discounts and then some. Thanks for all you do. Keep up the great work. I like so. this idea, you know, which great is
0: deal. instead of when you buy both of them at a time, then you actually pay us even more because like, what a value are you getting? Well, the old anti-discount trick. Potty Gamer
1: says, so excited for your launch. Been a listener since the start. Awesome that you guys could write your own story and escape the initial story that was written for you. Mm. Since the launch has you busy. Treat your families to your favorite delivery dinner. Keep up the awesome work.
0: Sounds like I'm getting Thai food from Addie's, and I'm going to be sweating a lot in the coming days. Get (laughs) that level five
1: spice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have uh, Chris Gambrell, who says, a little late, but happy launch. I left positive reviews for all of your games, so I no longer feel guilty for having low playtime. <laughs> I really <laughs> I really enjoy your content and you guys do a good job. Keep up the good work. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. And of course, uh we have a uh I think it's called a flock of recurring supporters who mm-hmm. uh a gaggle. Who are donating monthly. So thank you all very much for that as well. Uh, okay, so we gotta just We got to get right into it. Let's get in there. This is the launch episode.
2: Yeah, this is our first post-launch podcast episode. So So this is more like
1: a mid-launch episode because it is Sunday morning. Yeah, uh, launch is still
2: technically unfolding. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, So let's talk about before we get into the 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 numbers. Let's talk about just launch day. Uh, some surprises. Anything crazy happened where we were like, oh shit. There's always did some, not know about
0: that. There's always we talked. There some were we've talked about and this
1: this was a, well, this was a set when we say seven play was launched on six stores, uh, seven platforms because mm-hmm. Xbox uh, Game Pass was was Microsoft Store
0: plus uh, yes, Xbox. So yes. so seven different versions of yeah. the game. Yeah, so importantly, whenever you launch on any platform, there's always stuff that basically is, is either poorly documented or not documented or just has like a sort of a throwaway line in the midst of a paragraph that turns out to be very important. Um, and so the benefit of having, you know, of launching a couple of games is that you start to find all these things that we just refer to as traps. Uh, these booby traps that are sprinkled all over the place uh, for you to get your leg caught in and then have to gnaw off in the middle of the night in order to escape. So I think we, we dodged all of the ones that are Hugely problematic. Yeah, we dodged um, the we didn't once, I think
1: we didn't get our leg chopped off in a like a knife trap.
0: Definitely, but, but we
1: did get poked in the neck.
0: Or, yeah, or yeah, it was sort of one of those like you're running through the woods and there's there's brambles catching your catching your legs. Sort of, or like, or like in. a mosquito bites you and you just gotta slap it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a couple of those. So the, yeah. my favorite ones, I think, are one that we knew ahead of time, which is just sort of fun, which is that to launch in uh, in Japan on the Switch. They only launch games at midnight for unknown reasons because that is not a good time to launch a game, but that's when it happens. And so, uh, in order to launch on the th- on the thirtieth, you have to launch then on the thirtieth at midnight in Japan, which, by the way, is eleven a.m. our time. In yeah, the day, the day before. before. Yeah. <laughs> so, so technically, the launch like kind of just low key started then, and then, and we knew that was happening, so we we prepared for it. We're like, okay. Um, and we knew that wasn't going to be a big crazy thing because uh, Nintendo it Japan is featuring, yeah, yeah wasn't going to be huge and, and it starts at midnight. So we're like, okay, whatever, hardly counts. But then at like I think it was two or three in the afternoon or something, someone in our Discord was like, oh, it's available on the App Store. And we're like, what? And they and we're like, where, where are you located? Because we don't see it there. And they're like, oh, we're in New Zealand. And sure enough, turns out, because we have our pre-purchases turned on, that uh, launches are automatic. Just happens automatically. At again, ro- rolled out, time zone based. Time zone based at like midnight uh, based on time zone. And so, yeah, we, we ended up basically incidentally launching just a little bit early on, uh, I guess technically still on the 430, but, you know, rolling across the world uh, on iOS, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, and then I think those well, are the two major so I think ones. this is actually, this is a good time to say, to actually define a launch,
2: right? Because mm-hmm. When we kicked this off, I said, Oh, we're still, the launch is still unfolding, right? Yes. And and, then I hear you're talking about, well, the game became available in this kind of rolling fashion, you know, depending on platform and, and time zone and so on. And you also said midnight's a weird time to launch a game, right? Yes. But I think a launch is actually the pairing of availability plus visibility. Hundred percent. Right, right. I'm with you. There. So, so I think right. the fact of the of the midnight launch is irrelevant because that's not the launch. That's that's one right. half of it. The other half is the visibility, and you can see that if you look at our stats. Uh, being available caused the tiniest, smallest of upticks in our purchases and mm-hmm. plays. Right. Um, it wasn't until uh, we actually got visibility, so where the, where the store itself would turn over and they would show the game in some big way. Um, and we're still waiting on that from some platforms, uh, which is why I say that the launch is still up. Yeah, a there's still actually – there's a few
0: things left to actually pop. And so that's yeah. what I've been – the fun thing is actually over the course of then launch day was – which is the 30th, which is when all these launch-associated things, so all the featuring, whatever else, are actually supposed to flip on. Um, that was really fun to just hang out and watch for the featuring to pop up on Xbox, on the dashboard of the Xbox, on uh, the App Store. So we got some featuring on there. Um, and basically, we ended up getting featuring basically across the board. So, almost every single one of our, our platform partners came through for us, which was pretty amazing, to be honest. Or, to be able or, to, or we'll so be
2: coming through. Yeah. Yes. St- yes, st- 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 yes. St-
0: so, big thanks uh, to all of the
1: all the people who, who came to bat for us uh, in those places. Because one of the things that, you know, you don't really think about is that whenever you see one of these storefronts, you open up the Play Store, you open up your Switch, you know, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot of games launching. Oh, my God. A lot. Yeah. Like a lot, there's like I mean on on mobile it's going to be in like a thousand each day, right? Yep. Um, and and we know that on the on the Switch I think something like twenty games came out the same day as. Our if family. you
2: if you look at uh, and we had some comments about how how on Steam nothing seemed to be happening, and that's true because on Steam only half of the launch happened, right? We got, yep, it's available, but there's no visibility on Steam. No visibility. And if you go and if we, you go look at the places where we could be visible, like the new the new releases section there were literally because we were looking at it on on may 1st i think there were literally like 50 games just already for may 1st mm-hmm. and then so you had to scroll three quarters away down this really long page to just find level head just like in the middle of this huge sea of games right because uh, there's just so much stuff coming out
1: yeah yeah and so, so j- just being in those lists doesn't do anything because you're just in a pile, right? Yeah. Um, and so, we, we were kind of joking about that that dumb line from uh, *Taladega Nights, you know, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, it's very true in that, the world of games. In that movie,
1: basically. they were like, that doesn't even make sense, you know, you can be second or third. It's like, well, you know, in this scenario, actually, it's it's true. Um, if you don't have some kind of prominent, permanent featuring uh, for like a whole day or a whole week or whatever, then then you essentially will only have quote featuring meaning visibility the moment that you're at the top of the new releases list or whatever and as soon as you drop to slot two you don't exist anymore mm-hmm. um and and, and because of the rated game's also, coming
0: out that happens
1: literally within like 10 minutes <laughs> it's it's on yeah, a, yeah so you get your you get your 15 minutes of fame meaning your people will see that you're mm-hmm. you, they they'll see the slug and the title of your game 15 minutes um whoever happens to be looking at the store during those 15 minutes and then then it's gone, it's gone. Um, so that's that's something that uh that that we i'd say on average we got we got pretty good featuring, but it was definitely variable across you know across the the stores um and, and so, I mean, no, unless
2: we want to talk about this later um but this kind of segues nicely into into one of the problems that we faced in early access that we're now just facing again is that we can't get anybody else to talk about it like we, yeah. got, we got this like the stores are all on board, we're getting featuring uh, our our players are super excited, we got really high reviews all of this stuff. And we did all of our due diligence. Sam reached out to a thousand people. The the open mm-hmm. rates of the emails they sent them were super high. We can see that a whole bunch of the keys got.
0: Uh, I know that they redeemed. saw it, and I know that they, they got it. They all
2: saw it, uh, and some many of them even expressed interest after, like, mm-hmm. they actually sent something back. And uh, and we heard just crickets from yeah, from all so of we've, them. Yeah, so and far... that's part of visibility, right? Because visibility that so launching being visibility plus availability. Uh, we the visibility the only visibility that we're getting at all is from the stores.
0: Yes. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, it's good to have something there. Um, that's, that's where you need it the most, actually. But. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yes. where you need it most. Yeah. And of course, we also, you know, we talked about this our first time doing a, a run of ads as well. So all those ads are also firing at, at yep. full tilt now. And so uh, it is that's where you can. The only place you can control your own visibility is by spending money on advertisement. Yeah. So we, right. we've managed to do it through basically our business relationships and our own advertising budget, uh, which is not super big. And so that's one of those like, well, hope that mm-hmm. does some work for us uh, in a lot of ways compared to some of these bigger launches.
1: We, we've been talking about it as spinning up the flywheel, right? So like, yeah. ho- hopefully it's enough to build up enough momentum that the thing starts, you know,
0: moving on its own. Uh, yeah. And the big thing for us is that, you know, uh, that, that that sense of, at least we get this a bit. So I want to I actually, before we get into the, these interesting, essentially these eyeball problems. I think talking about what actually has happened so far is really important. So yes, uh, yeah. So the launch has been very successful. I'll just I'm just gonna say it. Uh, as far as the numbers we're looking at uh, in terms of player base, it's it. I believe it's it roughly as equivalent. of right now we're at like forty five thousand. Yeah, unique players. Yeah, and it just keep it just keeps going up, right? Um, which is really nice. And I believe that is on par with, um, if not exceeding, where about where Crashlands was in the first week as well, uh, just in terms of raw player count. Right. Um, now, the interesting thing, of course, is that we're in a bunch of these uh, different subscription services. And, of course, as you'd expect, those are what's driving a bulk of that traffic, right? And so it's not the case that we are selling individual units for all those. And so it's not the case that we're, like, rolling in uh, cash monies over here, right? Because it's, it's, these are part of those business deals that we structure in the background. So um, right. this is ordinary. all part of the, the plan. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so – but really, some of the really fun numbers here uh, as far as what's been happening. So our, our low point of concurrency now in other words how many players that we can detect are are playing at the same time uh is 20 times where our previous daily highs were uh literally a couple of yes. days ago. Um It's, it's a the lot. highs
1: are like the highs are like 50 times or
0: 80 The highs times? are even I think they're about 80 times higher. Um yeah yeah it's it's really ridiculous. So yeah we're at 43,000 or 45,000 ish uh players and about uh, ten thousand get added per day. It seems like for where we're currently at. So we don't know how long yep. it's going to last, but we'll happily
1: that that will presumably uh, taper off as as featuring turns over and, and things like that. As yes. as we as we talk about as we move down the list on the stores because we're not new anymore because it's eight you know eight minutes old. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, good. But, but so
0: far, yeah, uh, we're looking at about ten thousand. New players a day. Yeah, which is incredible. And then uh, as far as one of the fun things we did, Seth set up a dashboard with our analytics in the back end so that we could sort of watch and see not only the players coming in, but from a platform they're coming in, uh, how many of them, where they're spending their time, and then also where in the world they're located, uh, which has been tons and, of fun. And what language they speak. Yes. And so we're actually able to see, essentially, you know, we, you know, we spent a bunch of money on translations. So we translated the game into 12 different languages uh, or 11 can't
2: remember eleven, now. yeah, 11 twelve total. counting English,
0: right? Um, we translated it into English first,
1: yeah. and <laughs> from our minds <laughs> into
0: English. <laughs> then we translated that, and so the question was like, you know, would those be worth it? Is that a good thing to do? Whatever else, and it's been really interesting to see the breakdown of those languages. Uh, and we know also that some of this is platform specific, right? So again, if if some country has a higher proportion of people who are say on Xbox, which means there are naturally more people in Game Pass, and they're naturally going to show up a lot more uh, in the in the data.
2: It's also genre specific, which which we've heard from from other from our translating yes. team as yes. well as other students. So, you know, this is one of those things when we were trying to decide what languages to translate into, where you know we're doing our research, looking into what other people do and why, and like what the what the proportional breakdown is of players on different platforms. But it gets really hairy, right? Because it doesn't actually matter what fraction of players speak a language. It matters what fraction speak the language and then also don't speak English, because then they can get away with using English mm-hmm. and that buy games and that would buy your game specifically,
0: right? right? So I think like the usual fun example is that German Germans are are more inclined to purchase like simulation and uh, like those sorts of games, right? Simulation, strategy, or something like that, and yeah, then supposedly supposedly and if you're looking at japan it's like rpgs and that sort of thing um and so yeah supposedly there's there's like some of these almost like cultural uh like high level styles associated with the different languages right yeah and so that could also be like
2: germany that they well the population is a little bit smaller than some of the other countries on there it's, it's one of the ones that people always do german because they're more likely to, to buy stuff yeah to buy a lot of games right they buy a lot of games they do it with, with actually a higher because spending power is also a concern right because Mm-hmm. If you're going to translate a game – if you're going to translate your game into a language that then not that many people actually will buy it and their spending power is low, then you might not make enough money to offset
0: the cost of your translation at right. the end of it. So it's Despite super fascinating. The numbers. Yeah, it's been fascinating watching that. And then we we also color-coded the countries. So depending on on the level of uh, the player population in the countries, uh, it's on a log scale that it gets hotter essentially over time, right? So it starts in sort right. of like a purpley-black when there's just like one person –
1: yeah, so when we have under 10
0: people, the country is just kind of a black, you know, yeah. just kind of like a shadow. And then it ramps uh, up into blue and then all the way into red and stuff. And so it's been really right, fun. So, like, so we've got
1: 100, uh, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 et cetera. Right. It's, so it's, it's, it's really just keep fun. adding
0: zeros as we, <laughs> as we pop back into the dashboard, then uh, every day is then being like, Oh my God, Australia's got pink. You know, it's been sort of a fun yeah. thing <laughs> You see each other sort of typing that into the, into the discord. It's been really fun. So uh, yeah, the worldwide response has been really good. Um, and in fact, the reviews have been absolutely stellar. Uh, I'll just say across the board, um, we got, I think 90 out of a hundred from gaming trend, got like a four and a half out of five from, uh, from 148 apps. And a bunch of other smaller sites also covered the thing uh Pl- player reviews have also been good
1: um we 've got uh i think like four four point eight out of five on our mobile versions mm-hmm. and we're we 're just at a hundred percent on steam
0: for the <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. uh, so yeah. that's pretty good yeah yeah uh so it it 's been super interesting because we you know we have we have this game that then uh what that means is essentially the game's doing exactly what we want it to do uh, it's sort of crushing it actually um and the player base is there, which is also amazing because, of course, the game is about having a player base. And uh, one of the interesting things that we've talked about is that you know we, we designed it to be able to scale effectively from having what was previously in early access, a very low player count every day, something on the order of uh, you know, topping out like 150, 250 total players per day um, to now the bajillion numbers that we have. Having a system that actually scales that still feels good even when the player population is super low, which if you ask any of our early access players uh, who got into it, that still felt good. It would take a little bit for you know things to graduate and whatever else in the marketing department. But the game still felt really good to participate in. And now that's been ramped up to like an unbelievable level. And so, Seth, I want you to describe your experience publishing a level uh, yesterday and what that actually – what the cadence of that is now because it's yeah, kind of well, ridiculous. I'll,
1: yeah, I'll compare it to what it used to be first. So – so it used to be the case that you would publish a level, it would go into the marketing department in the game, and once it reached 40 players, it would graduate. So uh, so what it used to be the case is I would publish a level, and then typically after three or four hours, I'd check in, and, and three to five people had played it, like from my followers. Um, this is before then would,
2: dumping any exposure bucks in, I see. Right,
1: right. So I yeah, I just publish it and just kind of see. Um, and then- then I would have to put about uh, twenty thousand or more exposure bucks into it because that's about where the marketing department was. Um, and then over the course of the next like thirty six to forty eight hours, it would accumulate those forty players, and and it would graduate. So it would take it would take a couple of days. Um, and if you looked at the front page of the marketing department during early access, uh, most of the things on that front page were were. Uh, many days old, if not like a week old or, or more mm-hmm. um, occasionally. Yeah. And, and they were moving, th- they were moving through, but um, this also prompted a lot of things like players would come in and they'd be like, there should be a way to filter out levels I've already played, you mm-hmm. know, in the marketing department, because I, I, I come back and I play in the morning then I come back in the evening and I'm seeing a lot of the same levels. Right. Um, those questions have stopped. Oh yeah, uh, and here's why. Yeah, so describe so, what happened. This is awesome. So, so we increased the player requirement to 100. So now your level needs 100 players before it graduates, um, and still with that, now levels are just just blazing through the marketing department. Um, so I, I published a level and I put uh, 15,000 exposure bucks. So. 5,000 less than what I d- had to do, you know, before in early access. Um, and over the course of an of an hour, I got my 100 players. I got like 20 or 30 new followers. I got dozens of likes. People tipped to my level uh, and gave it like 15,000 more exposure bucks. So it like flew up to the very mm-hmm. top. Um, and, and then I graduated. Do you know how so much like playtime
0: I, you generated in that time?
1: Uh, I, I – didn't check that. It was a pretty it was a pretty small level, mm-hmm. so I think i got like 7 or 8 hours of of play time. Ridiculous. Um, yeah. And so so what we're seeing is now sort of the the fact that like back in in early access, you still had that guarantee that people were going to going to play your level, but uh it would just take some time, right? And now we have this thing where if you publish a level, if you drop like 15,000 exposure bucks into it, um
0: you're you're gonna get a hundred players just like that, yeah, and we can I mean, guarantee just, it, which is so this is exactly yeah. what the goal has always been, which is to make a to make a dang maker game where all of the work that someone puts into their freaking level can actually be extracted right you can you can actually feel the value of having spent four, ten sometimes twenty hours building something
1: yeah uh, well and the and this makes the follower system work incredibly well mm-hmm. because if every level you make um when you push it to the front of the market department, if it's a good level that people like, if you just will get like ten or more new followers every time you do that, um, then pretty soon your follower list starts to get real big. And mm-hmm. and what we've seen was uh, was over the course of early access. So I think Specchio is a good example because he was at the top of the of the followers list. So over the course of the year of early access, um, he accrued about two hundred. He just passed two hundred followers by the time we launched the game. Um, over the course of this weekend, he's now almost up to six hundred. Yeah, he's at like he's like five eighty or five ninety or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so he's actually now having the experience where he publishes a level, and before he has a chance to like do anything with it, and like check it out and see how it's doing or whatever, it's it's just graduating. It's like it's just it's just getting a hundred players and, and and going. Um and so that's that was the original goal of the follower system was to make it so that that if you if you build enough really good levels, you get those followers and pretty soon you don't even have to play yep. other people's you, levels. Can just, you can just build levels and they will get played. Mm-hmm. And, and then they it. just graduate. Right. Um, so, so you have an inbuilt, guaranteed player base just like waiting for the stuff that you're making. Um, and and we've seen tons of other players who who were chilling at like five or ten followers during early access, and now they're getting that
0: hundred followers achievement.
1: Yeah, you know. So yeah. like, yeah. And uh, the funny thing this, this is, when thing we is
0: going when we designed those achievements, we were designing it based on the ability to also get them while we were in early access. If you guys remember, it's so, like we yeah. didn't build an achievement for getting like a thousand followers. In with think because we were we were like i uh, you know we just don't know what's gonna happen who knows and like obviously we should have because it's not gonna be that hard to do actually which is amazing <laughs> well, also right. the interesting
2: thing too which is when it comes to achievements um is uh people get them for their own sake uh as well mm-hmm. as they are on the top of leaderboards for you know to, for the right. sake of being on the top and so so the larger those numbers get the more you encourage misbehavior too yes. right so yeah it's, it's one of those uh sort of double-edged swords of the of the, uh, giving, giving some sort of a reward or visibility for something really spectacular and and large is that Mm -hmm. people will fake it. And we we already saw this, right? Yeah. Yeah. We already saw this with people making accounts and then having, there were like a hundred fake scotch ID accounts, basically that's, that somebody generated, I guess I mean real, sorry, real rumpus accounts. Um, but not ones that were playing levelhead, right? So somebody just made a hundred of these accounts. And then they use those accounts to follow themselves, and it, and it looks like <laughs> there were like five other accounts that looked like had the same set of followers. So I think somebody might have made a bot or something. I don't know, uh, but they wanted to push so they so they all of a sudden they all had like a hundred followers, uh, and and they were pushing themselves up into the top of the of the most followed chart, right? Mm-hmm. But the question was. Why, right? Because, yeah, they're going to get to the top of that chart, but they've got nothing to show for it because they they all had just their tutorial level that they'd published, right? Right. And so real
1: people coming in might see them on that chart and then be like, what?
2: Yeah, why would you follow this person? And then, they <laughs> yeah. and, 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 yeah. and then they just wouldn't find And And what's the point of being at the top of that list if you don't have any levels to showcase? If you yeah, publishing yeah, levels. Yeah, just what's the point? And
1: input. it's so easy to detect because this is this is, is kind of the, exactly, this is kind yeah. of the universal truth of people who cheat is there's are so blatant about it. Yeah, there's
2: no nuance. Like yeah. there's no
1: no attempt to to pretend like this was a real thing, you know. Uh, so it was so easy to to just detect that and st- stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was kind of a funny like
0: first first thing. As far as other big numbers and fun stuff to say, we're going to be breaking the 10,000 level mark today uh, for sure. Uh, we're already over 9,000. Oh, yeah. It's,
1: and it's worth noting that over the, over the year of early access, about 8,000 levels were published.
0: Yeah. So, so basically in a little over two days, we've had I mean, – We've had a year worth of levels. Created. Yeah. 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 Uh, which has been absolutely wild. There's about four levels being published every minute, which is very exciting. There's yeah. been three and a half million deaths as of right now. And that number goes up very fast because – Yeah, because
1: Sam, you made an infographic yesterday morning and it was like 2.3 million. Yeah, it
0: was just er, two. Yeah, I think it was just two. Just two million. Um, yeah, so, so it's already up almost double. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of deaths and then there's been two years spent building levels and two years spent playing levels, both campaign and player made so far. This um, weekend.
1: this so weekend. If, if you were thinking – uh, during early access, if you were like, I've played, you know, eight thousand. I've I've almost played every level ever made. Well, sorry, buddy, not anymore. That, that goal is uh, say goodbye. To that.
2: <laughs> uh, you never, never, that was you one never of Uso's goals too. <laughs> Uso, one of our notorious players, um, who seemed to have a goal of playing every single level that existed, and and I think also made really good headway towards that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. so I think now he will be stymied in his efforts forever with this volume yep. of the levels we've
1: out. reached critical mass where I, it's one of the things that you like statistics you always hear about a, a site like YouTube or something where it's like you know 10 hours of content gets added to YouTube every second or something so there's, there's a certain threshold where content is going onto the platform so fast that it becomes physically impossible for you to see mm-hmm. all of it um, so level head has hit that point which means we can we can make the claim that this game has infinite content does, yeah. because yeah. you will die before you
0: get to see everything.
1: <laughs> everything yeah. in it.
0: And importantly, I think if we look at just all this, the insane amount of playtime. So again, f- four years of playtime in a couple of days. Uh, there has been one crash. Yeah, that were which
1: has actually been there the entire time. But it's such an edge case, and it's not even part of the gameplay. It's like a it's on one of the web UIs, and you have to do this weird combination of things very quickly to make it happen. So yeah, uh, so it's been very stable.
0: Yeah, huge thanks to uh, you know, both the early access players in our own QA because dang, this was a, this was such an easy launch that we Seth got to go raid in WoW. Yeah, I, the yeah, night yeah, so of I, launch,
1: I raid every Tuesday and Thursday with my my WoW guild, and I had sent them a message, you know, a week before, and I was like. Hey, guys, I'm not going to be there. Uh, you know, I got this launch and it's a game launch. And in my past experience, things just go wrong and hot fixes have to be pushed out. And uh, a lot like we have to field a lot of of player issues and stuff like that. And uh, man, it was chill as fuck. Like we yeah. we put that – put the game out and we just got to hang out in the Discord, chat with people Um and and just watched the numbers and we, we just played level head and, and kind of like just had a great time. Mm-hmm. And then five o'clock rolled around and are we like, I, all right, I mean, I guess, yeah, <laughs> I guess we launched it. Uh, so you, see you guys tomorrow. And then, yeah, which has been exactly that that. what
0: would happen. I think it's like, I was so hyped of course it was still, I think like, I did a few things in the afternoon and the evening and I think Adam did as well. Uh, mm-hmm. but like I didn't have to do anything. Yeah, I was, I was paying close
2: attention to the to the error logs for web requests because I wanted to see. So th- there were a few login issues during mm-hmm. the day that we yeah. had to deal with, um, but they none of them hit huge swaths of people, so they they were still relatively minor um, and easy to stamp out because they're web based, so you can just fix on the web on the the web tech. We're not about you're done, um, and so that was really no no
1: cert for that nope yeah, and then,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah and then otherwise there, there, i just i had noticed a few kind of fishy looking things in the logs uh so like some errors that didn't have enough information for me to know why they were there and uh so i kind of ended up spending my evening adding more content to my error messages and then like just pouring over it to try to see if i could spot any other problems and the end result was that i that everything that came up was stuff that was fine because um, mm-hmm. one, one of the biggest ones actually is uh is on xbox for security purposes where we're, were required for every single web request that comes out to verify that the, that the, that request came from a legitimate user on an Xbox, right mm-hmm. So so Xbox sends along this little this little thing that lets you do that. Uh, and there was this weird pattern that kept on coming up that was responsible for most of the errors, which is which is users would be playing seemingly normally, right They would be saying web requests everything was fine. and then all of a sudden, all of their requests would no longer have that thing. that thing needed to, to verify that they were real. Yeah. And it only it happened to such a tiny number of players, but every time it happened to them, they would end up like basically spamming the server with requests that uh, that couldn't work, right? Because hmm. the moment this transition happened, it happened for every request, and we didn't block them when that happened, so they got they just kept on submitting these requests that would fail, and so they ended up being. So then I was trying trying to figure. out, was like, is this a problem? Is this is this because these these players are like no their their game pass subscription goes up suddenly, or is it because they they are actually hackers and something like I couldn't figure out what it was. And so it's like, that was the only thing that was worried, but it took me all night to like, go dig into this weird, this just weird behavior. And it was kind of the, I think it was the interesting thing about what we saw from this is that at least on the website, almost every error I saw uh, was, was one of many errors from a single user. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, not like right. one user making all the errors, but like every error was rep- every error represented like a hundred errors from a single user um, because things generally went completely fine. Um, but then there were a yeah. handful of users who just generated a fuckload of of error yep. log noise, and there's that question of every time you, And this is why I, this is why I hate pirates and hackers so much in this context is because I you can't tell right out of the gate if this is just people misbehaving or right. if it's your system misbehaving, and so now it's, new, it's like this it's work. like a
1: and it's like a ninety five to five split in mm-hmm. terms of like people misbehaving versus actual real. Problems. There's like a lot it, of it.
2: Yeah. And at launch, you expect it to be the other way, right? Um, you expect it to be that most of the problems that you see are your fault, right? Which is why I no, was,
1: it's just people messing with your shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It depends,
2: it depends <laughs> on how trustworthy your pipeline is. And I think like with, when we launched Crashlands, it was true that most of the stuff that we saw was our fault. Oh, yeah. Right? Almost everything. Definitely. Well uh, – But it was. Just, I think it's an interesting yeah. sort of additional note to the fact that this launch went so well because almost every issue we saw was the player's fault. Yes. Almost every single
1: one. hmm Yep. Their uh, fault, meaning meaning that they were d- deliberately trying to break things.
2: Yeah, or that they were just doing right. something like a little silly, like uh, like they – Like logging into the wrong
1: account. Like logging into the wrong or like Microsoft
2: account. So they didn't actually have access to the game and yep. then being mad at us because they couldn't log in and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, Which so we that,
1: obviously can't do anything
2: there's no us. way. <laughs> there's no way for us to resolve it. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, there's yeah, – like, This is very remarkable.
0: Yeah, we had, it went very smooth. The whole team was able to actually just enjoy it. And that was a big thing we – you know, coming into the launch launches, we talked to the team – uh, last week about you know expectations for for what everybody should be should be doing and, and how to focus and stuff and basically Thursday and Fridays was declared they're essentially vacation days um where you're you're on call for if there's an actual problem but mainly we're all just supposed to be hanging out and enjoying the fact that we just launched a goddamn game, right? Instead of having yes. to just freak out constantly. And so it was great. We uh I think everybody's very relaxed. There's a few, like Adam said, a few of those login things. But uh, I think we also had a had a rule because I know during crashes we were we were extremely reactive. Um, which occasionally, like Adam said, I'll, since a lot of the problems can just come from the player side, uh, it's very easy to like work yourself into an absolute fever about something that is actually not a problem. And so we built not in some, your
2: problem anyway. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so we built in some good slowness uh, in terms of how we responded to literally everything. So whether it was like, oh, we haven't gotten featuring yet on this storefront, it's like it's fine. Just wait a couple. I'll send them an email. Just wait a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, or, and, or even
1: even a, a player will will pop into like a subreddit or or Discord or whatever, and they'll be like, hey, I have this thing that's happening, and I and I, I needed this to be fixed, right? And it's very tempting as a developer to then immediately sweep in, yeah, be like, oh no, be yeah. like, oh my god, I need to quickly like engage this person and explain everything and and walk them through stuff, um, but. The the interesting uh, truth about this is like most people are actually pretty resilient and resourceful, and so their first instinct is to just pop in and be like, "Somebody help!" Mm-hmm. But then if if there's no answer at first, yeah, then while they're be waiting, like, they go
0: look around. Yeah,
2: more.
1: then yeah. they will be like, "I'll just keep poking around to figure this out," and <laughs> then pretty soon they just figure it out, and then they're fine. Yeah. Um. And so it's so really as it, there's there's a temptation to make every player's problem, your problem. Um, but the real correct approach is to give people that time to figure things out and look for patterns. Yeah, yes. look for patterns. So, exactly. so if you've got like 20 people coming in with the same problem, now it's your problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you've done something that is clearly hitting a lot of people. Which is what happens um,
2: when it comes to like the actual like real support issues for the web stuff. Uh, there's some issues with people's old b ID accounts that automatically created a Rumpus account for them. But with an email right. address that that user has since lost access to, right? This is a has been my number one and almost only support issue, yeah. Uh, because I I have not created any mechanism by which uh, by which players can resolve that problem, and and we and we and in one way we kind of washed our hands of it because we said basically the thing that that verifies that you have access to the account is your access to the account, right? So if you don't have access to it, yeah, that's that. Meaning your email um, address. But, yeah, I mean, your email yep. address in the case of b ID or in the case of Rumpus, however you logged in the first time. But the reality is a little bit trickier than that, right? Because I like I had a player who is currently logged in on their mobile device because they've been logged in for like three years, right? <laughs> because B-Sketch ID logins don't expire. So, mm. so they've been logged in for like a thousand years on their mobile device and they got, the, they got Crashlands the freebie on Epic, which we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, so they got it on desktop and they're like, oh, but I can't log in because I actually don't have access to this email anymore. And I was like, okay, well obviously you could just take a screenshot and show me that you own this thing. So right. I had him do that, but I was like, but I still don't have a mechanism by which I can now like swap your account over. And so, so I, so I, so I basically have compiled a list of these things into the set of a sort of new support features. I'm going to add first thing next week.
0: Yeah. And this basically, um, I mean, this is an important note for where we're going, which is actually the first week or two is all that, which is yeah. making, again, you know, fireproofing the studio. So saying, okay, so where do we see support problems? Where do we see any critical issues? Uh, patch all that up because the thing is if we get another big player wave in the future which we, you know, we always hope to with everything else we do uh, we don't want to again have have these sorts of issues crop up and so that'll be we our first be
1: we want to be hit by new fresh and interesting
2: problems exactly
0: <laughs> yeah not these old not those, like, old problems, problems. <laughs> <But> I don't want <laughs> <even> to <laughs> be hit by oh. any problems yeah I do want to talk about uh, I think so as far as a few other just exciting kind of high level things from the launch I think as far as just that volume of players the effect mm-hmm. of that and how exciting that is um, it's really fun also because when you look at different lists in uh, in the tower, so the tower is where all the, all the levels go that graduate uh, from marketing where they're completely untested essentially. They go into the tower as this big database and you can search through it in a bunch of different ways. You can sort uh, and all sorts of stuff and there's this thing called the featured list there. And so the featured list importantly, yeah. uh, it's important to know what that is, which is actually we used to call it the hidden gems and and that's probably a, a better way to understand what it actually is. But basically what what it does is it finds levels that are good that we know are good because of how spicy they are, which is our sort of level of engagement uh, metric, and then sorts them by by a combination of that and how many players they have, right? And so basically it's, it's trying yeah. to find underplayed good levels and surface those. And so if you mentioned that the, the featured list, the top level when you popped in there, which again is a good level that hasn't gotten a lot of plays. Underplayed. It has 146 players on it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: absolutely wild, yeah.
1: right? Well, and also the fun part about it is – so a, a lot of the, I mean, now about half of the levels that exist were made in, in early access. Mm-hmm. During early access, the requirement for graduation was 40 players, which means with this new wave of people coming in, um, all these old early access well, levels, All of them were
2: underplayed. Yeah.
1: They're all underplayed, right? So, yeah. so they all get their time in the sun. And so uh, if you look at that featured list, you're going to see a lot of levels from like May or June yeah. of last year. So you this kind of
2: fun uh, bonus for being as part of the early access group. That because a lot of early access players were really worried about like at launch. Like,
0: am I going to get buried, basically? Was, or they would make they made levels like, specifically for the launch, right, to try to make yeah. sure they got to catch the wave. And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah we right. got because there's like,
2: this there's this there's like there's this uh, feeling of like getting left behind once the wave comes in, right? Mm-hmm. When the reality was that all the systems that we have in place actually make it so that uh that you gain a huge advantage from being in early access, yeah. so that over time the advantage will go away, just as a function of time, right? But it but doesn't go catch away. will yeah. you're
1: you're playtime will catch up yeah but
2: you're not disadvantaged in any way and in fact you're advantaged by having been in early access but not in a way that feels unfair either right so yeah like, yeah. Yeah, like the the because it's not because you just had fewer players so it's completely fair that we now show your that you're we say you're underplayed so we feature your level mm-hmm. until it bounces back out right and so it ended up it ended up being a kind of a fun self-balancing system in an unexpected way yeah
0: it's worked really well i think it's, kudos to uh to seth for that simulation because it's a simulation mm-hmm. about how many players we would need to balance the marketing department in the way that we felt was good and fair turned out to be just spot on. We talked about that in the last podcast. I think two podcasts yeah. ago. Yeah, totally yeah. spot on.
1: Yeah, because with that, with that, our rule was like, we want you to get enough players that it's really satisfying, right? But also, you should only need a certain amount of exposure bucks to get that number of players. Because right, you, you don't have to. Play have to forever. You don't have to drop forty hours into playing other people's levels just to get. Somebody to see your level. Yeah. So you um, need to have
2: churn, otherwise stuff sticks at the top, and then the rich get richer, and everybody else has to dump a thousand hours of gameplay to actually show up in that list, and so on. Right.
1: So the metric we used was we said the median exposure bucks of the first five pages of marketing department should be fifteen thousand. Uh, because I think like- I think on average people are earning three to five thousand exposure bucks in an hour of playing in the marketing department. So so you're looking at like three to five hours of of Playing other people's levels to put your level at the top, so that's kind of the the ratio and uh, the and then simulation for
2: at the top because it it can't just yes. be that it takes you five minutes to get your own level to the top because that's doesn't that that sense. right because the whole it point is sense. to
1: generate to that you sort of gift playtime to other people so and that then they, they gift, gift it you back. Time, yeah. um, it's an exchange, and so so at, so at that fifteen thousand mark, we were like, if the simulation said if we have a hundred players as the requirement to graduate. Then throughout the day the the median exposure bucks in the first 5 pages of marketing will be 15,000. Um, and it is <laughs> yeah,
0: it, yeah we just it, nailed it. it yeah. like,
1: <laughs> just nailed it. Um and and uh it was cool because I put that simulation together and, we, and basically like it produced a bunch of charts and stuff and then I had Adam and Sam come in and look at it and we talked about like the behavior of, of players in the simulation, we compared them to our real stats. We modified these little like robot. Well, and the original so plan we, was
2: to actually use the median so that the server would basically every five minutes or something, just compute it and say, what is the median? What is the median median amount in the, in the first five pages or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, and then as soon as we saw that, that the meat, that that value in the simulation was just directly one-to-one connected to the number of players required to graduate, just like, yep. it was just tightly coupled We're like, oh, perfect! Now we can just we just get to solve all of our problems at once uh, with the easiest because the easiest mechanism possible is you just check it against a number that doesn't change, right? Yes. And so, and so that was so, and and the beauty of that too is that if you just increase that or decrease that, all it does is change the the median amount of exposure books needed to graduate, right? Yep. So, so we get to control how fast thing how fast things move through, um, by by just like shifting that lever, and so if it turns out at some point that that as a function of scale, if scale goes up or scale scale starts going back down or whatever, that that hundred mark starts to become unstable in some way. Like the 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 cool thing about the simulation though is it said that basically no matter how many players we have, as long as we're matter. above a critical threshold, this would just always be true that a yeah, hundred right. players because are it's because
1: it's really a, it's about the the ratio, of, yeah, the people, ratio of, players. Yep. of people publishing levels versus people playing levels, how fast right. are levels being published and how, and how much are pe- how much time does the average person put into And as long as the ratio product.
2: is constant, then this will always work. But if the mm-hmm. ratio changes, right. which, are, and it will change as, as a function of sort of age of the player base. Right. But, um, but if it doesn't change by too much, this will still be true enough. So we'll have to keep our eye on it, but it turned out to be pretty, like pretty good. Well,
1: and there, there's another fun uh, out- outcome of this. And as, as an account, as an Economics student, I got. It. I was a economics major in in uh, college. I fucking love this kind of stuff. But one of the things you you can now see is you can see time of day supply and demand shifts. Mm-hmm. So, so I saw that um, in the middle of the afternoon, sort of during peak time yesterday, uh, the median exposure bucks was actually it went down to like twelve thousand. So if you dropped if you dropped mm. fifteen thousand, then you would actually be on page two, right? So you mean but ideal then,
0: publishing time is actually mid afternoon because that's when you
1: want to publish publishing. at peak time because it's cheaper.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah.
1: right. Uh, and <laughs> which is kind of awesome, right? Uh, and then overnight, uh, then I check back in overnight because of course things drop down, and then by like six o'clock in the morning U.S.
2: time is kind of like the dip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, idea there is you have fewer players out right now to to actually get stuff out of the department, correct? Right. Yep. So that right now you start to get things stuck, and so now you start to get that build up, and flux goes down, and then that means you start to Back things up against the what top of the chart. Yeah,
1: so so it was up to I think I think it was sixteen thousand mm-hmm. overnight. Yeah. and then and then I checked in again a few hours later, and then it was down to fifteen thousand. Like so, it's kind of like, yeah, if you publish at peak time, you get a better bang for your buck.
2: There you go, podcast uh, pro tip
0: for levelhead with, right with there. The,
2: with the you know, you could if you I mean if you're really into this, you could create because uh, we have the we have the open API right for mm-hmm. for levelhead. So you could create a cron job that just basically every – so cron is just on a clock, right, on a timer, so that every hour or 10 minutes or whatever, it just goes and fetches the the levels in the top list or whatever and just grabs a median and then plops it into a chart or something, mm-hmm. right? And then you could actually
0: just build that over time and see what it looks like because that would – Pick your be, ideal publishing time. You've got to save those EB, yep. EB marks. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: so there, there's been a lot of really cool. If anybody does that, cool come come to Discord and share it because I would love to see that.
0: Yeah. outcome. well, I do want to talk about uh, just real quickly the the critical reviews uh, for the game on a high level. So so it's interesting to me because we have, they have been basically stellar across the board. I think both from players, especially of course, uh, really loving it. It's been really fun to see people freaking out. My favorite is seeing people the same person on Twitter, for example, say something you know two days ago like, "I'm going to check out this Levelhead game," and then the next day be like. Hey, I published my first level, in Lovehead. and then today be like yelling at everybody they know and <laughs> like, "Oh my god, you need play to play this game." This. Um, it's that's been really fun to watch. It's happened a bunch. Like there's been a bunch of those people. Well, it's also a
2: cool thing about the design of the game because the idea is that you're making and sharing stuff that, that you have made, right? Which means it's even more important to you mm-hmm. on top of just enjoying the game. Uh, you want people to play the level that you made, yeah? Right? You want to see and it. so you have this huge incentive to go get other
0: people on board. Yeah, so uh, that's really fun to see. I think the major complaint that we've seen is actually just about the difficulty, uh, which is something we've yeah. talked about a little bit internally, and of course we don't plan on doing anything about it in terms of changing anything. But uh, but it's been an interesting one as far as uh, for me as far as that, asking that question about um, uh, player expectations, right? Because in our mind, of course, you know the when we think about the campaign, we think about all this stuff we want to act appropriately prepare people for the reality of user made content. Uh, which is to say the user-made content is hard uh, because it tends to be very hard. And so the campaign is designed to pretty rapidly, like within the first probably seven or eight levels, ramp the difficulty up to a point where you sh- you're you being challenged literally constantly. Um, and that just stays true just sort of indefinitely. And when you combine that with how fast uh, level hit actually is um, and how complex the movers can be cut, the maneuvers can become, and then you actually end up with a game that, that yeah, has actually a very high uh, rate of difficulty to it. And that's something we, I don't know, I'm not 100% um, clear on, on why. I've got a bunch of different possible reasons. But something we weren't able to completely communicate in terms of uh, what players could expect when they when they hop into the game or when they hop into the campaign. And I think part of it, of course, we talk about the dissonance between the art style and that level of difficulty, mm-hmm. right? It's very approachable looking. It's car- It's cartoony. It's cute. Yeah. If there, was, uh, if
2: there was like blood everywhere and it was like yep. rainy and
0: yeah, that that heavy metal music girl. or something. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think there is a little bit of a disconnect there. Um but, but you but know, you have other games that are also super hard that are you know cartoony and colorful and and uh the the real issue is, is not that it ends up being too hard for some people because that's just fine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it it does it does cause that mismatch between expectations, but I, I imagine that any game I don't think it's possible to communicate that effectively enough that you get rid of the problem. I think we could do is if we detect that somebody seems to be sucking terribly at the game, is like pop up a message, is like, "Did you know about slow mode?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, so yeah. that they have the so like there there are little things that we could do actually that that would very simply you know help help people who are just worse at this kind of game from
0: the outset to yeah. be able to stick around longer. If you, if you play level head at about, I think it's like eighty percent slow mode, it yeah, feels that's the, that's the max. It feels like Mario. At yeah. About that point, <laughs> it's, it's much so more chill. Yeah, if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, just flip it onto slow mode,
1: you know. Uh, and that'll, that'll yeah, but be but strong. also, I mean, it's I, I think the difficulty is is appropriate, and it says that it's hard for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, the the checkpoint placement of the campaign is is very liberal. You know, it's uh you, you'll you'll get past like ten seconds of hard stuff, and you've got a checkpoint.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's that's kind of universally true uh, through, throughout the campaign. Um, and so you may you may have a hard time with something but you can you can very quickly try again it's very super Meat boy like you know in that sense um that that to me is something that i've been struggling with a little bit is this this problem of of just how hard it is to adjust the difficulty of a platformer you know it's yeah. like we have got the slow mode but that's all we've got yeah. and uh you know with a game like Crashlands you boot up the game and the first thing it says is like how hard do you want this to be? <laughs> and you just yeah. pick like, oh, yeah, I just want, you know, I just want explorer mode. Like, I don't even really care about combat and I don't want to die ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, okay, that's fine. And and then we just tune the numbers of like how hard you're being hit by things and it's easy, super easy to, to move those sliders around. But a platform, the difficulty comes from the structure yes. of, the, of the world. So uh, we can't just like, the only level speed
0: the- <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah well
0: we, we, in fact what well, we actually if from our early access players will certainly remember the the earlier versions of the campaign were ex- much more punishing there was no repeat checkpoints uh, there was no armor anywhere in the campaign until like literally 3 quarters of the way through we introduced armor as a mechanic right and so we were always thinking about it that way instead of thinking about it as a core piece of of good design and so now there's armor everywhere um, in fact, if you – once you get really good at the game when you're playing levels, you frequently will be picking up – unable to pick up armor because you already have armor on, right, in some of yep. those other, yeah. other levels. And, yeah, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting problem, and I'm not sure exactly how to go about thinking about it or solving it because it's like you do – we do want the, the game to be more accessible. And It might be something like – so Seth with that idea of, you know, the pop-up in, in Crashlands that essentially says, what difficulty do you want? It could totally be possible for us to yeah, we just kick it up, treat kick off the limb that way. Yeah, honestly, the same way. Just say, hey, you know, what level of skill do you have? A platformer's level is very fast. Uh, You can choose sort of the easier mode, which is eighty percent average mode, or or the way it was meant to be played, which is one hundred percent. Right? Right. We could actually do something. That might actually be really smart because it might stop some people from falling out too early. Fuck, fuck. There it is. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Didn't think about that. But I do want to talk about one other thing, which is that we there's a lot of comments about soft locks. I saw these come up a lot when people were talking about the campaign. Yeah. And, and this is an unfortunate reality of having a game where the object of the game involves bringing a, bringing a something to the end of a level that a player can also throw wherever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want. Because it is right, actually yeah. impossible, actually impossible, the amount of time that went into the first level to make it not possible for you as a player to softlock yourself. Although there was still one, if I remember
2: right, there was like a you did a play test like two weeks before launch or something. Yeah, I just fixed one one thing
0: left yeah. over. Yeah, uh, but the 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 two levels that took the most time in the game are the last level, which took 20 hours, and the first level, which took 10 hours. And it's because it's soft lock proof as much as I could possibly make it. At least I'm pretty sure it is. Well, the last level isn't. And the last level certainly isn't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> only, only the first level. But there's is, the, yeah, there's the interesting problem right? because a person can pick up the package and, and then the soft block
2: here. Just, just in case somebody doesn't know what that is, is you end up getting yourself into a position in the game that is impossible to win. From yeah, essentially,
1: or essentially to. you've you hit a checkpoint. Yeah, and but you hit the checkpoint. You such saved that, a bad state. Yeah, you saved yeah. the game in a bad state so that whenever you reset
0: the, to the checkpoint, you still can't win. Yep. Yeah, I'll give you another so, very good, easy example of this, which is uh, I watched I watched a streamer pick it up. Uh, this is actually a week ago, so before the launch. And she's like a Kaizo Mario streamer. She was killing it, right? And But at one point, she jumps up on top of something, and all you need to do is sprint to the right and jump over some fireballs. For some reason, just kicks the package into the fireballs, okay? So right. now the package they're, is hanging out just just in, in there, there. And then you know, runs over and touches a checkpoint that she did not touch right. beforehand. Uh huh. Right. Because she like jumped over it, and I'm like, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the only
1: solution is, uh, is I mean, one one thing we could we're getting so many ideas here. What one, one option here is <laughs> uh-huh. to add a, add an extra toggle to checkpoints to say that like a checkpoint requires the package before it will oh. be active. You know, so they
2: have like a little package icon on it or something. Make make a soft lock proof checkpoint. Where well, like that, you have to have the package. That to might be nice. It. Not but, even, but that even wouldn't do it either because yep. the the package is not the only piece of state in the game. Right? Yep. No,
1: there's there's a there's probably more possible ways to soft lock yourself in level head than there are atoms in the universe yeah, yeah honestly yeah. It's, no, like it's, it's, true. it's a chess game it's though.
0: literally possible. so the, the only really the big one that I saw from so I think this this slow mode thing would be really fun this assist mode uh, having that be a, a concept of difficulty that we can just turn on would be really cool mm-hmm. but I think uh, the other one that I've seen that is totally valid is the fact that and something we struggle with a bunch is that the camera will sometimes if you hit a checkpoint late on a moving camera level then now you'll just get when you spawn the camera will just, oh, yeah, just fucking annihilate you just repeatedly yeah you you'll have like maybe
1: escape. you'll have like maybe uh
0: two or three frames to get out of it yeah but that's it yep, yep. and so i have an idea so. for how to fix that which is just to use two cameras boom wow so see, <laughs> you get to the area where the checkpoint is you can hit the checkpoint the camera stopped it's fine once you get going again
1: right. use a different instead camera. of having instead of putting the checkpoint uh just like have, instead of having the camera whiz past the checkpoint yes First camera goes to the checkpoint, stops. You hit the checkpoint, then the next camera picks it up, and then you yep. go from there. Yeah, no, yeah. Makes so, sense. so again,
2: which isn't a universal fix, though, right? Because that that doesn't prevent players from making this exact same scenario. Oh no, uh, yeah. no nothing yeah. can.
1: Yeah. Nothing uh, can. Yeah. So there's there's a, a lot. Well, and th- this is to kind of zoom out a little bit. You know, this is just an expression of making a game that has a bit more that, that basically entrusts the player more. Yes. With their own fate, right? So we give you this package and we say you got to get this to the end, <laughs> and then and then they throw it off a cliff and then save the state. And then the only thing that anybody can truly say about that is
0: that's their fault. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. right? I think it's like yeah. especially early on, it's going to feel like it's the developer's fault, right? Well, right. I, mean, and that, I think and when they haven't yet, yet the learned the yeah. relationship with the package, that's when it's still
2: our fault, right? Yes, uh, but, but once the they know they get
1: it, it's the balls out of our court. Yeah, their problem. Uh, and the same thing goes with uh, with building levels. You know, is is the the onus is on the builder of the level to be thinking like a designer mm-hmm. and, and to think about the ways that have, that their player might get soft blocked, but in a way that is out of the player's control, or the, or like there, uh, I heard some people talking in the in the Discord about the problem of of people making levels that require you to get all of the gems, uh, so they'll like they'll lock the the goal behind a gem gate that requires all the gems, but you won't see that until you've beat the whole level, yeah. Oh so yeah, like, i played
0: a couple of You those. go all the Not way fun. through this
1: incredible gauntlet, yeah. uh, you get to the end, and you just can't win, and then yep. you have to start the whole yeah. thing over. Yeah,
2: you're, and you're, like, people are definitely going to quit that, so then it's going to an artificially inflated, it's going to have a low replayability score, a low spice, and a higher difficulty than, than it actually yep. has, Yep. because right. nobody so, will complete it.
1: So there's, there's tons of interesting things that we are uh, seeing and learning from this. And um, so as, as far as like what's coming next, uh, you guys will talk about that? Should we talk about
0: Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I think what's next is we're uh, – we just talked about a couple of fun things. We'll probably be doing actually because I like all these ideas. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but the important note here is that we are we're, – we're waiting to see what happens over the course of the entire launch month to really be able to know kind of what the future of Levelhead holds. And, uh, and beyond that though, we're going to be, like I said, the one thing we do know we're going to do is of course do some form of an update. Uh, So we get, we have plans for one that we're going to be putting together. Our worst case
2: scenario, if, if we, if things don't pick up and we, and we don't get more coverage and all that kind of stuff. And if things start to decay already Mm -hmm. is that we still put out one update. That's Mm -hmm. our worst case scenario. Yeah. So yep. we're,
1: we're guaranteed we're definitely
2: adding some stuff
0: yeah and it's gonna be it'll Full be stop. some pretty wild stuff because we got we've had a couple of ideas we've been sitting on for a while that I think are, all of us are very excited about now that yeah because
2: I think the goal of the next up because like because so much of getting the game out was was about polishing off what was in there right yep. and like and yep. finishing the UI stuff like finishing everything that wasn't the the, the gameplay itself uh, but there there are these handful of just wacky ass ideas that would just Fundamentally change stuff. Then mm-hmm. I don't know which or if any that we will end up actually putting in this this update, but um, but they would be so fun.
0: I'm, I'm pumped. I'm stoked. Yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do that, and then uh, uh, we'll be of course continuing to push on making the game more and more successful over the next couple weeks. Here, we should get a little bit more featuring this week uh, from some of the storefronts, and uh, and and kind of see what what shakes out over this next little bit. So I'm really excited. It was it was a very good. Uh, launch weekend, frankly. Tons of players, uh, really, really positive reaction, and the the fanaticism in the Discord is reaching new highs, which I absolutely love to see. Um it's been tons of fun to see it actually work. Like to see someone publish a level, put the exposure bucks in, and like boom, you just generate freaking ten hours of playtime and you got twenty followers. Like what could you what more could you yes, possibly yeah, want out cool. of a creative game? You know?
1: the, the dream of the the dream of the game
0: was to be the
1: first and only um, maker game where we can guarantee that the things that you make get seen by people.
2: Well, I mean people. talking about this whole thing that we were talking about earlier, right? That, that we – the levers that we can pull when publishing our own game are basically the game itself and advertising dollars. Those are the yep. two levers we have. Everything else is the game hits the market and, and, and then maybe people cover <laughs> it, maybe they don't. Maybe people want it, maybe they don't. We have no control over that part, right? Yeah, there's no input-output relationship that exists for us to just to make a game be successful. It's not a thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and you can see that for like big big budget titles that have flopped, right? Where they've oh, spent yeah. they have all the money. million million in advertising. They all get the all the coverage. Even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the coverage too. Like So it's not – you mm-hmm. actually just don't – there is no control at that point. And so what we wanted to have – the experience we wanted to create in Levelhead – was basically the opposite of the experience that we have as game developers, right? Which is that <laughs> yes. you actually do have an in, have a direct input output relationship. That if you play other people's levels, then you get to have other people play your levels,
0: mm-hmm. right? right?
2: Just one to one, you have full control over that, and that was the experience we wanted to create for people.
0: And it looks like we did, which is just stellar. Yeah, I'm super happy with it. And I, I'm also just beyond. I think this is we usually do our town halls on Fridays, uh, which we also did this past week. Um, and it was really fun hearing from everybody on the team about the experience. But I think most importantly was just the the level of, of pride that the team has in how we delivered our goods, real good. Yeah, like We
2: d- delivered it real good. <laughs> yeah, because like
0: <laughs> again, launching a game without where your lead programmer just gets to go play video games at five o'clock. Everyone's just kind of chilling. Just yeah, yesterday,
2: yesterday I handled like a, a couple support requests in the middle of the day. I didn't. I didn't like. With Crash it was really I'd wake up the moment I wake, oh wake up. Oh my god, yeah. I didn't even have coffee and I would sit down, handle a bunch of support requests and like figure out what to do next, then go get coffee, then come back and do that some more. With uh with Levelhead on on Saturday morning, I got up and I was like, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go feed the cats and like play with them for fifteen yeah. minutes, you know, like and running around. Then I went outside and went on a run and then did some weeding. And then I came back and my wife was like, I'm gonna go start doing this this two week hit routine. Like, do you wanna Ooh, join fun. me with this? And I was like I was like, well, I just went on a run, but sure, why not? You know, so I did sure, that. I got, I got time. time. I, I got time. I just watched the That's game. Like, then I got on, showered on. and cleaned up <laughs> yeah. for the day. You know, now it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, and then I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some support requests waiting for me, so I should go tangle those. And then there were like two. You know, amazing, so I Just, right? just <laughs> dealt with those. <laughs> then went on about my day. You know, so
0: yeah, because it's just a normal ass Saturday. It's just a normal ass Saturday. Yeah, so I think these are just happening now behind the scenes. Yeah, huge uh, kudos to to the whole rest of the team as well. So you know, Sampy, Sure, and Jordan for for working their butts off for this uh, in the, in the past. And all of our
1: uh, QA testers as
0: well. Yes, and then our yeah our whole stable of of remote QA testers who really I mean they were it was so funny the last like month or so because they were digging deep to try to find something wrong with the game, which was good, you know. <laughs> Um, also tons of fun to see and So, yeah, I just, I'm, I think all of us are, are absolutely thrilled with the way we were able to deliver this game with the player response so far, uh, with the business outcome. Uh, and so what we're, what we're hoping to see then is that, is that the sort of the daily, you know, the daily player engagement just stays super high and that we continue to, to get some good featuring and stuff from the stores and that the game kind of picks up even more steam uh, over the course of this month I and mean, we'll kind of go mm-hmm. from
2: there hopefully on steam specifically
0: yeah no kidding so steam yeah. gave us we did someone.
1: not get very much uh activity there that's no. a fair way yeah
0: someone did pop into the Reddit and this is part of the reason why i made that infographic on saturday because i saw someone asked a question on the Reddit, like why is no one playing this game and i'm like what are you talking about and then he referenced There's a lot of the, people play this game the yeah. steam db
2: charts and i was like oh so
0: the, the it metaf-
2: is, it, and this is that important. I, I think. I think it's it's because you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are are fellow game developers. I can't stress enough how true it is that a launch is the pairing of visibility yep. with availability. Yes. And on Steam, we were no more visible basically than we were for early access um, mm-hmm. through launch. And you can see that in the charts, right? If you look, if you look at our if you look at our players coming in, if you look at our sales, we're actually less visible literally because we're we actually less featuring. visible. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. So so. So and in, in by all, but despite the fact that we launched the, the way that normally people would think about it, um, we basically didn't on Steam. Correct. So I'm still. There's I'm no gonna, difference between pre and post launch on Steam.
0: That's what I'm right. hoping to achieve something with in the next couple of weeks here, depending on what yeah. happens to players. So but this is
2: important because if you're if you're a developer out there who's just like, I just need to get my game out, right? Like, nope. that's just gotta get out. No, that is not. You need to get it visible. Yep. that, is, that is, is the actual problem. Yeah,
0: release and launch are two different things. Don't you dare yep. get it confused because yep. it's not going to be good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks.
1: Uh, did you guys? Do you want to hit one or two questions? Do yeah, uh, go okay. a little bit, a little bit over time since sure, it's yeah. you know since this launch episode, it's a launch cast. Let's go. Okay. So for those who are new to the the podcast, um, welcome, welcome. We take listener questions over at podcast.bsketch.net. So this week, the highest voted question is from Waddles TNT, who says,
0: "What are your thoughts on troll levels? I love a good troll level, a well designed troll level. Yeah, but that's the problem because most troll it's levels really hard. Yeah, it depend- it depends it what with. you mean, right? Because right. I think when I think about troll level, what that actually means to me is something that subverts player expectation." So yeah. trap adventure. If you watch that video about trap adventure, and then you can make a level of level that feels like that, you're you've made a troll level. It's it is nailing it. Uh, if your if your version of a troll level is something that's just annoying to play, it's not a troll yeah. level. It's just shitty. It's just, it's just a a shitty. <laughs> uh, because like when you play a troll level, I mean, yeah. we built one of these in the campaign, right? The, one of the very last levels. Wait, what is a troll level that does a whole variety of different things uh, to the player when they think they should be doing? something else entirely even stuff like if you just stand still in certain places for a little bit too long then something just appears and flings you into a pile of spikes right um (laughs) and importantly like you know when you think about the delivery of these things i think bumpers if you're making if you're making troll levels in level head bumpers are like one of the greatest things because you don't need to kill someone if you just move with them you just fuck with them a little bit uh (laughs) it can really it generates the same sort of feeling and just murdering someone
2: yeah, the response that the player has to have has to be something – it has to be like, what? And then like a chuckle. Right? Yes, like that's, yes. If that's the response you can get, then that is a good
0: draw. Yeah, and so usually just killing someone outright, not the best. So in that the case sucks. of Wait What, for example, like I could have just made you catch on fire, for example, if you were standing too long in that uh, initial uh, bumper zone. But it's f- much funnier. If there's a pile of spikes sort of over there that you have – why would you ever walk over there? You're not going to touch it. And then this bumper comes up and just flings you into it. Um, <laughs> the there's prey. something very funny about it. And so I think when you, when you think about troll levels, it's about subversion of what the player is thinking they're going to do. Uh, and so it actually requires a, a lot of really good design thinking. Um, and it's then very it le-
2: hard because it also has to still not feel
0: unfair because the yes. unfairness part is
2: where it starts to suck and, and you start to just hate the level. And then it's just a bad experience. So you somehow have to be tricking the player constantly while not making it feel unfair. It is very, it's very, very hard. hard to uh, well,
1: and, and really that's about, it's about pulling moves that that once the player sees it, then they understand. Oh, I know why that happened. Yeah, I can avoid right. it, and then next time, time they can avoid it, yeah. um, as opposed to just being trapped in a you know perpetual
0: death spiral. Yeah, yeah, the levels I personally don't like the most are the ones that require just tons of really tight jumps, where there's just like you just can't just every jump is super tight and you can't mess it up a tiny bit, otherwise you could get hit by whatever the spike is or something that sort of thing yep. like those aren't trolls you know those are just those are precision levels yeah like i'm just not a and fan it, of that and
2: i think precision levels i think but i think it's a different thing though cuz a precision level is there's a certain there's a subset of people who love that kind of thing cuz they get oh, a yeah. true skill match precision yeah. there is nobody who loves a bad troll level <laughs> they're just perfect. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah so you got to nail so, it if you're going to do it you got yeah, to definitely
1: you gotta nail it, and, and it's gonna take you three or four times longer to make it. It literally does level. that.
0: Wait, what level? Oh time. my god! The number of switches in there. I think that level and the final level are the two heaviest campaign levels in terms of uh, optimization problems because they have there's so much going on because you have to fake it, you have to fake everything, and so that requires using tons of switches to create the yeah. illusion. You know, wild. All right, so
1: uh, final question for the day comes from Captain Jazz, who says, "Before the release of Levelhead." Bumper stock Shockley Fluber, which is us, mm. had only released games and content either made in house or contracted out. Due to the fact that the majority of Levelhead's content and replayability is being, quote, developed by players, uh, other than people other than yourselves, I wager this is a change for you all. Mm-hmm. What is the most interesting legal problem, Ooh. other than GDPR, that you've had to overcome because of this? Love you all, and I wish you the best in your launch. So thank you very much. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't think we've had any particularly
0: sticky well, legal things. No, but the type. short
2: of it is is that we don't have any legal issues we have to deal with because we don't allow users to upload their own sprites. Yeah. So if music. you're wondering
0: why you can't like draw your own stuff, this is why. There
2: are a whole believe. bunch of reasons, but uh, but the legality is is uh, is definitely the worst one. There's yes. a whole bunch of other really bad ones like moderation uh, and storage and delivery.
0: Yep. yep. So
2: legality yeah. is the one where we actually get to lose money and get yeah. sued.
0: Levelhead's all about like the creative stuff about Levelhead is actually completely designed to also reduce moderation burn, burden and remove any possible legal consequence from people building stuff that we can yep. foresee. So so yeah, I think that's it I mean, was Even the income populator, right? Cuz now somebody yep. can't they can't name a level after
2: some other game or after some level yep. in a game or whatever. Exactly right, and 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 now it actually everything becomes uh every, everything becomes just like wordplay and stuff,
0: which is then it's fun poetry.
2: Just yeah, it's just fun poetry, and it's just kind of always allowed, right? Uh, so so we have a, so basically every mechanism in, in the game kind of protects us from legal implications of copyright.
1: Yeah, yeah. Somebody yeah, so like somebody is making a Tetris in inside of level. <laughs> yeah, but they can't call <laughs> um, it Tetris. They're just calling it like Hard Light Fall. Game or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So it, we, yeah, we've we've tried to be pretty clever about keeping keeping everything in the clear, so that ourselves and our because I like, think about it as a player too. You know, you make something that's like an, an homage to some other game, and in theory, we're we are subject to um, to the DMCA, the Digital Millennium. Copyright Act. So, as a bulletin board where people can make their own content and post it to our servers, um, then if if let's say like I don't know the Pokemon company or something mm-hmm. comes to us and they're like somebody remade Pokemon inside of Levelhead and we're issuing a DMCA takedown notice for this particular level, um, then we have to respond to that, right? Yep, and yeah, we have to take down um, that level. And we have Definitely. to take down that level and that really sucks for the person who made it. Um, it. It doesn't really hit us at all because it's just a very easy thing for us to just, just remove that level. Well, we have to
2: have infrastructure for it and, right. and all that. But,
1: but, uh, but that sucks, right? You like, yeah. if, you, if you spend all lot time making that thing and, and it has to be taken down. Um, but I I think fortunately because of things like the name combobulator and a lot of other things that, that, it gets obscured enough or it's just like far enough away from the source material if somebody's making like a
0: fan homage to something, um, then it's it's clear. Yeah. You know? you basically, oh yeah, can so, it's just right? definitely
2: in the clear. Yep. Yeah. Which yeah. is super
0: good. I do want to say the the freaky Z asked a question which we already answered. So we'll just give that one to him as far as the uh earning that podcast. Uh, yes. Give us the juicy juicy. Was there an issue as Levelhead's launch? Yes, we told you all about them. There you go. Yeah. Done.
1: There was one. Yeah. Yeah, literally ish. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. So uh, we'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Koster, for putting this podcast together. And thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running, especially during this, uh, yeah, this time, high times. During yeah, yeah, time, during these trying times. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, just go to podcast.bsketch.net, where we have links to the community Discord, a way for you to donate to support the podcast, and links to all of our past episodes. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.
0: Goodbye. Goodbye.